Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Have your Bibles while you're standing. Um, those of you at home, I want you to, it may seem a little crazy, but I want you to grab your Bibles and stand for the reading of the Word tonight. Praise the Lord. Uh, do y'all know what we're going to preach on tonight? There you go. Y'all catching on now, ain't it? By week number seven. Yeah, we're going to preach on faith tonight. We're going to teach on faith tonight. And we're going to keep on teaching on it. And we're going to keep on preaching on it. Because God has a move that he wants to release in the body of Christ today. And it's not going to happen through emotions. And it's not going to happen through just what you want. And it's not going to happen through tears. You can't move heaven without faith. You can't even please God without faith. And so that's what we're, we're, we're continuing to preach and teach on. So I want you to go in your Bibles this evening to uh, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Praise the Lord. And God is good. <laughs> so I'm going to, listen now. I'm going to kick the devil in the face a couple times tonight. And I'm not, I'm not going to kick you. I'm going to kick that spirit that's trying to attach itself to you now. And by the time we're done tonight, there's going to be a bunch of devils that are bleeding. And the, pe- and the people of God are going to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Raise them on up in the house of God tonight. Uh, it's time to get the devil off of you, some of you tonight. Hebrews chapter uh, 3 and verse 12. Now, I want, you to, I want you to read this passage carefully tonight. Bring the lights up just a little bit, my dear brother, so that people can see what they're reading. They, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just look on the screen. There you go. Hey, man. That we got screens up here for some reason. I, amen. <laughs> beware. Everybody shout beware. beware. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. I need you to see what the Bible calls a heart of unbelief. The Bible does not call a heart of unbelief struggling. The Bible calls a heart of unbelief evil. Help me, dear Lord. An evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest there be, uh, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter in, not because they didn't want to, not because they didn't cry about it. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. So I'm just going to continue to preach and teach on faith tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you have assembled your people together tonight. 
And we thank you for that. We thank you for the ones that are watching online right now. It is my prayer, it is my heart's desire that you would grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to obey. Father God, I pray that you would take the efforts that I could possibly bring before you, Lord, no matter how small or big they may be, and that you would anoint that, God, that you would anoint that in a powerful way, and that you would grant me a prophetic utterance to speak into the hearing of your dear people tonight. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would work miracles. God, I pray you heal the sick. I pray, Lord, that you would deliver the captives. I pray, God, that those who hunger and thirst for more will be filled tonight, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would look upon my availability and not my ability tonight, God. And I pray that your perfect will be done and that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Father, I give you praise for this. I thank you for this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Spirit of God, move across this congregation. Move across, Lord, the airwaves to those who are watching. I know there's some that may be struggling, God. They may be have taken licks, God. They may be uh, struggling with the situation they're facing right now. And Lord, they want to have faith, but it just seems like every time they keep taking licks, more keeps going out and none keeps coming in. Tonight, Lord, let there be a deposit tonight. Let there be an impartation of heaven tonight, God. Let there be an anointing, Father, that stirs up the first works in the name of Jesus. And God be glorified. Holy Ghost move in a mighty way tonight and I thank you and I praise you for this in the name of Jesus everybody shout amen look at three people and tell them you got to have faith come on tell them tonight those of you online I want you to post that tonight tell them you got to have faith in the name of Jesus praise the Lord you may be seated in the presence of God I just want to say this tonight and let me by the way say thank you for those of you that showed up tonight on our first Wednesday night. Thank you so much for showing up tonight. We have been having Sunday morning services since May, the, uh, since the beginning of May, but this is our first Wednesday night in a long time. Thank you so much. Those of you, if you're watching and you're around and you're just being lazy, shame on you. Get your butt in the house of God. Let the church say amen. Now I can preach. Amen. I, I want you to notice that throughout the scriptures, throughout the scriptures, there's two things that Jesus that Jesus rebukes, that you, I'm saying on a regular basis, there's two things that Jesus rebukes. Now, let me set this up, and then we'll go into teaching and preaching. There's two things that Jesus rebukes. One of them is, you'll see Jesus uh, constantly rebuking the Pharisees, the, the scribes, the Sadducees. Why is that? Because they trusted in their own righteousness. So one thing you constantly see Jesus rebuking is self-righteousness. Because the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. And there is not but one righteous, and that is the man Jesus Christ. And our faith and trust in him makes us righteous. That means right with God. Hallelujah. And so can, can somebody say thank you, Jesus, for that right there, that you have made me righteous that he who knew no sin became sin, that we may become the righteousness of God, or that we may become right with God. So there's one thing that you see Jesus constantly rebuking is, the, is self-righteousness. There's another thing that you constantly see Jesus rebuking and mentioning, and that is doubt. Oh, you hear this phrase a lot. Oh, ye of little faith. 
One time he even tells his disciples now, I mean, Jesus, you know, Jesus could say some stuff that cuts right to the heart. One time he tells his disciples, you faithless and perverse generation. <laughs> I done told y'all, Jesus would have a church of 20 people. Folk don't want to go to Jesus' church. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you. He, the people wouldn't want to go to Jesus' church because he'd just say some stuff like that. So one of the things you see that he's constantly rebuking self-righteousness. The other thing is little faith or no faith or doubt. It's all combined in there. So that's what I want to bring to you tonight. Because right now, uh, can, can I just talk to y'all like we family in the house tonight? Faith preachers and teachers are being attacked right now. And it ain't by the, it ain't by the world. It's by the church. People want, people want preachers. Uh, here we go now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. People want preachers to pacify their doubt and counsel them in their unbelief. Don't pull me out of it. Give me a pacifier in the middle of it. Let me feel good about my doubt. But you need to understand that Jesus said that unbelief has an evil heart. That's an evil heart of unbelief. My God. And Jesus rebuked little faith or lack of faith or no faith. He, he rebuked this more than anything else in the New Testament. Now, let's just give Jesus five seconds of praise so we can get this tonight. Come on, those of you right now, go on and just put your little clappy hands on the Facebook chat line right now. <laughs> Come on. Amen. Now, so let's go to Mark chapter four. I'm going to teach and preach. I'm going to teach and preach tonight. Let's go to Mark chapter four tonight. And I, I want to I point something out. So if you're taking notes, as soon as you find Mark chapter 4, I want you to write this down. Number one, Jesus rebuked doubt in the midst of a storm. Jesus rebuked doubt in the midst of a storm. Say it one more time. Jesus rebuked doubt in the midst of a storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat in the boat so that it was, al that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The reason why Jesus rebuked their unbelief is found not as much in the verse mentioned before the rebuke, but hear this now, but after the rebuke. Stay with me. We find this in verse 41. This is what they said. Who can this be? 
Jesus was saying, that's why you doubted in the storm, not because the waves were not scary, not because the wind was not scary, but because you still don't know who is in the storm with you. My God, here we go right now. You are still wondering who is in the storm with you. You woke me up in the boat. Now, Jesus, the times that Jesus rebuked people, he was getting woke up. You woke me up in the boat as if you had a good man in the storm with you. You woke me up in the boat as if you had another prophet in the storm with you. You woke me up in the boat just as if you had a powerful person in the storm with you. But what you don't realize is the one that's in the storm with you is the one that created what the storm is using to make you fearful. And if he created what the storm is using, then he can make it calm in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They were not rebuked because the storm had them scared. Listen, we all go through times. We all go through times that might make us scared. We all go through. Listen, we're human. We have emotions. They were not rebuked because, uh, watch this, they, they were scared of the waves or scared of the storm. They were rebuked because they had more faith that the storm would take them out than Jesus could take them through. Who am I talking to tonight in this place? I'm talking to somebody. They had more faith that the storm was going to bring them down than they had that Jesus would bring them out. They had more faith in the storm than they did in the one who calms the storm. Right now, this is where the body of Christ is at right now. Some are scared and fearful and worried about what is happening in the world right now. And let me tell you, the waves and the wind, they have a way of pulling fear out of you, don't they? Stuff you face has a way of pulling fear out of you. Stuff that comes against you has a way of pulling, uh, 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 pulling emotions out of you. But, but listen, Jesus was not rebuking the disciples or what the disciples, he was not rebuking them because of what they were experiencing. He was rebuking them. He was rebuking the fact that they were placing their faith in what they were experiencing rather than who he was. And you can't put your faith in what you're experiencing. You have to put it in the one that you're experiencing and with. And that is Jesus Christ that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. There ain't no wave that can change him. There ain't no wind that can change him. There ain't no storm that can change him. There ain't no circumstance that can change him. There ain't nothing that's going to change the one that we have our faith in, my God. Hallelujah. If Jesus is in the storm with you, listen, I, I, wanna, I want you to write this down. It seems very elementary, but you need to, there's some people that need to hear this tonight. If Jesus is in the storm with you, there is no way it's going to take you out. Amen. Because if it takes you out, it's got to take him out. Hallelujah. We're going to put it in right perspective tonight. And it ain't taking him out. He told the waves, this is how far you can go. He told the waves, be still, calm down, and it calmed down. I came to bring your attention back to the one who's in the storm with you instead of your attention on the storm that's around you. Oh, let's give the Lord a praise today. Somebody got helped in the house of God tonight. 
Hallelujah. Now, number two, and we're gonna, we'll find this in Matthew chapter six, but number two, Jesus rebuked doubt in the midst of their worry. Jesus rebuked doubt in the midst of their worry. Now, I'm going to bring this all around for you at the end because you're probably thinking, well, Pastor, why are these things seem to be on the surface tonight? You'll, you'll see in a little while. Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. If there is a word for the body of Christ right now, folk won't go, folk won't witness, don't want to go to church, don't want to do nothing, worried about their life. I, I know it ain't going to build a big church here by me saying this, but the truth is what the truth is. Have you not read in Revelation where it said, and they love their life not unto the death? My God, if we scared of, of a sickness, if we scared of this, what are you going to do when they start cutting heads off? It's coming. Listen in Facebook land, YouTube land. It's coming. It's been promised. Folk tell me, I won't deny him. I'll let, I'll let him cut my head up. No, you won't. You Help me out, Jesus. Amen. Listen to me, church. I don't say this out of anger. I say this out of passion. The new, t- I, don't, I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, but this, the Holy Ghost has me stop for a minute, so I'm stopping. The New Testament church, they were not, there was not, they were not wondering if they were going to die if they came out and preached. They knew they were going to die. They knew it. Peter and John, I tell you what, if you continue to preach, we're going to kill you. Now, that's country, kill you. That's one word, by the way. It's not two words, kill you. We're going to kill you. So don't come back down here preaching this again. Don't Church, don't you get back together again. If you do, we're going to kill you. Peter and John goes back to the people and says, this is what they said. But this is what we're going to pray. Lord, you heard their threats. Lord, you see what the devil is is saying. But God, look upon your holy servants and grant us boldness in this time to preach your word and let signs and wonders be done through the hands of your servants in the name of Jesus. Let it happen, Holy Ghost. Let it happen, Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. He said, don't worry about your life. What you will eat. No, no, no. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Folks have forgot about heaven. Amen. Brother Antoine, people think this is heaven. Man, if this is heaven, boy, I've been sold short. Man, I've been sold short. This ain't heaven. Come on, people of God. What happened to the people of God that was looking for the hereafter? 
What happened to the people of God that used to walk around talking about we just sojourning? We just walking through this place. This ain't my home. Oh, praise the Lord. There's a day where I'm going to be called up yonder. There's a day where they're going to say my name in the heavens. There's a day where I will walk through those pearly gates. There's a day where I will be with the Lord and forever I shall be. There ain't going to be no sickness there. There ain't going to be no crying there. There ain't going to be no worry there. There ain't going to be no hate there. There ain't going to be no murder there. There ain't going to be no division there. There ain't going to be no racism there. There ain't going to be no poverty there. There ain't going to be no religion there. But I shall be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. This is not our home. Glory be to God. This ain't our home. Hallelujah. My God, I'm going to tell you right now, I think, I think we just need to bring back into the worship set that old school song, I Shall Fly Away. I think folk don't forgot what, that what, this is going to happen. Worried about everything on the earth. Have no idea. One day I'm going to fly away. <laughs> I'm going to fly away. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You sing, I fly away, oh glory, I fly away. One, what, what do you say? Hallelujah, by there you go. I fly away. Come on, lift your voice and sing with me. I'll fly away, oh glory, I fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Y'all want to sing it one more time? Come on. I'll fly away, oh glory, I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly. Come on, give the Lord a praise if you know that's for you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's what's going to happen. And I know that's old school, but it's the truth. The Bible says that the Lord's going to come in an eastern sky. He's going to split the clouds. And the dead in Christ shall rise. And those who are alive shall re- and remain shall be caught up together in the air. And forever we shall be with him. And I came to tell you whether that's tomorrow or whether it's 10 years from now or whether it's 30 years from now, you better be ready. Hallelujah. Get your mind on an eternal perspective and know there's a day that you're going to stand before God. Hallelujah. He said, I, he rebuked them in the midst of their worry. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we don't, the, we don't, listen, here we go. This is another point that people wouldn't go to Jesus' church. Jesus would rebuke you in your worry. We don't want nobody rebuking us in our worry. We want folk to pat us on the head. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We want people to pat us on the head and say, it's going to be, listen, it's going to be okay. We, somehow it's going to work. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I told you, don't you worry about your life. Don't you worry about what you'll put on. Don't you worry about what's going to happen. Don't worry about your body, what you'll put on. Is life, listen, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor, nor reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He said, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not so much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentile or the world seeks. For your heavenly father knows what the need, that you have need of all these things. But watch what he ends with. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. You want to know why folks are out here worrying? I'm about to, I'm about to break it down real clear. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. You want to know why worry's going? Everybody's worrying about stuff. Folks have gotten their mind and their focus off of the kingdom of God and put it on everything else. Good preaching, Pastor. Jesus, listen, Jesus gives us a cure to worry right here in his word. He tells us if you, listen, if you want a cure worthy, a worry. If you don't want to be anxious anymore, if you don't want to worry anymore, this is all you have to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, pastor, it ain't that easy. Why ain't it? Don't seek it second. Don't seek the kingdom when you don't have nothing else to do. Who am I talking to in Facebook land right now? Not third, not last. But first, so, so let, Pastor, okay, that's good, but how do you seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness? I'm glad y'all asked. Let me break it down for you. Number one, or you can just put letter A since we're already numbering. Put letter A for your notes. Here we go. I, I'm a, I'm a, you involve yourself in kingdom gatherings with kingdom believers. Stop involving yourself with people that are negative they don't have a kingdom mindset I just feel like I'm poking at somebody in Facebook land right now don't, don't you turn that don't, don't do it stay right there involve yourself in kingdom gatherings with kingdom believers number two Invest yourself in kingdom believing, kingdom living, and kingdom activities. Here we go. Kingdom living. Kingdom believing. Kingdom activities. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I want to do all that. Well, you just keep worrying. After a while, though, you'll get tired of this. Number three. Immerse yourself in kingdom teaching, kingdom doctrine, and kingdom preaching. It's amazing to me how many people are going online right now listening to preachers and you don't even know who they are. They're not teaching the kingdom of God. They're teaching all kinds of silliness and craziness and racist views right now. And you're letting them put that junk in your spirit and you're wondering why you're worrying. 
Can I get a good amen in the house? Can y'all praise the Lord? Come on, come on, praise the Lord right now. I know I am, I'm punching some devils right now. Now, according to the word of God, what is the kingdom of God? According to Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Ghost. This is the kingdom of God. So when we say, seek ye first the kingdom of God, we're saying, seek first righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Isn't it amazing the three things that are missing in this nation right now? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Church, if you will look around this nation right now, and even in the church, some of you will see, this, ain't ha- this is not happening. People are not seeking peace in the Holy Ghost, but rather they want to fight in the flesh. People are not seeking joy in the Holy Ghost, but rather they want to, they want to be angry in their flesh. People are not seeking righteousness in the Holy Ghost, but rather they involve in themselves in lawlessness in the flesh. When Jesus spoke to his disciples about the signs of the ends of, end of times, listen to what he said. This is, this, is, this is what he said. It says right here, he says, he says that lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold or wax cold, whatever, you know, different versions say. Lawlessness will abound. It's amazing how... This nation is celebrating lawlessness. Celebrating lawlessness. And some of the church is celebrating lawlessness. Where are the men and women of God that will stand up and say, listen, the kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I feel like preaching now. It doesn't, listen, I want you to notice that it does not say that people will not have love. It says that the love they have is going to grow cold. It says it's just going to wax cold, man. And lawlessness is going to abound. Well, pastor, you don't know how I feel. We're going to handle that in a little while. Jesus, number three, let's go on because I could stay there for a little while. Remember this before we go on. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, say it again. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Say it again. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is seeking the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom first, you are seeking righteousness. You're seeking peace. And you're seeking joy in the Holy Ghost. Glory. Number three, number three, Jesus rebuked doubt. Now listen carefully, it is in the midst of their need. Can you, can you imagine somebody coming up saying, I've got a need, man, and it's this and that, and, and, and it wasn't just them, exp- them expressing their need, but they didn't have any faith, and Jesus, the pastor, said, uh, oh, you a little faith. 
I ain't going back to his church no more. I'm going to go find me somewhere else to worship. Jesus don't love people. Matthew 16, verse 5. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. And Jesus said to him, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have not taken no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have not brought any bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves or of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the, of the of Pharisees and the Sadducees? Jesus did not rebuke, listen now, Jesus did not rebuke their doubt in their time of need because they were hungry and didn't have anything to eat. He rebuked their doubt in their time of need because it was hindering the revelation of who he was. Think about this. They are so focused on trying to provide for themselves that they can't receive the revelation about the wickedness of the Pharisees. Jesus is trying to warn them about the wickedness in the, of the Pharisees and they can't spiritually hear or discern what he is saying because they're focused on what their next, where their next meal is coming from. They're so focused on the here and now, they can't hear from heaven. In other words, we can get so caught up and focused on how we are going to pay for this or how we're going to work this out or how we're going to handle this that we completely miss what God is saying in the middle of it. They are so focused on this that, that not only, watch this, not only do they miss what he is saying right then, but they completely miss the revelation about the five loaves and the two fish. We can get so focused on what is right in front of us, so concerned or worried about what is right in front of us, that God has been speaking the whole time and we can't hear nothing he is saying. Because we have jumped in the role of thinking it is up to us to provide for us. Jesus, listen, Jesus is telling us right here in the word, Jesus is telling us that provision is not up to us. Now, somebody, that was worth your price of admission today, this evening. I don't know who helped that help, but that, that helped somebody. The last time I checked, there wasn't anyone in the church, at least not in this church, named Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> the last time I checked, there wasn't anyone who own the whole earth and the fullness thereof. The last time I checked, there wasn't anyone who owned all the silver and all the gold in the earth. There isn't but one. Come on, somebody. There isn't but one that, that owns all that and more, and he is Jehovah Jireh. Therefore, our responsibility is not to provide for us. Our responsibility is to hear from him and to obey. 
He said, so when you get out here and start focusing and worrying on all this stuff and trying to do it for yourself, he said, you are missing your number one responsibility. My number one responsibility is not to make it happen. My number one responsibility is to hear from him and obey what he has to say. I think we need to give the Lord a praise for that right there. That helps somebody. So if you get that, then what you understand is that the most important thing you can do is to position yourself to hear clearly from God. That's it, to hear clearly from God and obey him. Number four, and then then I'm done. Jesus rebuked Thomas' doubt in the midst of Thomas' feelings. John 20, verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. Now listen, I want you to not look over that fast. He was not with the disciples. Jesus, this is Jesus' second time, not just the only second time, but this is, this is a number two time Jesus showing up and Thomas ain't present. Thomas is not there. Thomas is all in his feelings. The other disciples therefore said to him, they said, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Thomas, we have, we've, we've done, we know where Jesus is showing up. He's alive, man. And he said to them, unless I see his hands in the print of the, of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand, and then he goes to another side, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. Somehow they get Thomas to come back to church. Somehow. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they bribed him. I don't know if they said, listen, we're going to be having some chicken and dumplings. We're going to be having steak. Well, I don't know how they got Thomas back. But somehow they get Thomas back. And Thomas is with them and Jesus came. The door's being shut. And he stood in their midst and he said, peace to you. And then he said, Thomas, ego, reach your finger in here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand in here. Put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered him and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Church, if there was ever a time, now I'm just going to be honest, transparent with you as, as a preacher, as a pastor, as an overseer of ministry. If there was ever a time where I feel that someone should have got a pass for their doubt, it was now with Thomas. I, I probably wouldn't have handled him that way. I'd have been like, Thomas, it's okay, buddy. Come on. But watch this. Think about all the things that Thomas and the disciples had experienced in a short amount of time. 
Think about the roller coaster of emotions that, they, that had bombarded their lives in a short amount of time. In John chapter 11, Jesus tells disciples, he says, let's go to Bethany. Lazarus is sick. And Thomas speaks up and he says, he says, let's go, let's go with him. We'll die with him. Instead of them dying, Jesus gives life to a dead man. So what they were thinking was going to happen, the opposite happened. They were thinking they were going to die. Jesus said, man, y'all don't even know what you're talking about. And he goes and raised somebody up from the dead. They are now on this spiritual high. They are sitting around the table eating the last supper. And I believe within me that in their minds, they're thinking he's about to establish his earthly kingdom. We're sitting around this meal. We're eating with him. And he's about to start divvying out the power. Instead, he says, there's somebody at this table that's a devil. They realize that Judas now is about to, betray, about to betray him. And then he begins to tell them about how he's going to die. And three days later, he's going to be raised up from the dead. And all of a sudden, their spiritual high goes to a spiritual low. Stay with me. I'm trying to help you and put you in Thomas's position. But I still believe in the back of their minds, they're still thinking Jesus is not actually going to die. I think they're sitting there saying he's just trying to prove some spiritual point like he always does. Then Judas shows up with some guards and takes Jesus away. And at this point, I still believe the disciples were thinking, he's going to get out of this somehow. I don't know what he's going to do, but somehow he, we're going to, he'll just show up here tomorrow talking about, I just breathed on him and all of them died. And it wasn't because of his halitosis. But it's the next day. And now Jesus has been beaten. He's been mocked. He's been ridiculed. He's on his way to die on a cross. And Thomas is watching this. He's watching Jesus walk up the hill of Calvary, a bloody mess. He watches them as they nail him to a cross and they lift him up to hang him between two sinners. He watches as Jesus takes his last breath and he watches them put him in a tomb. Now stay with me. We're talking about feelings. And all of these feelings begin to bombard the heart and the mind of Thomas. And he begins to think how big of a fool I was to follow this man. He begins to think about all the stuff he said that, that couldn't, have been, it couldn't have been true. He begins to think about how he walked with him and loved him and followed him. And now all of it's gone and he begins to get angry, offended, and hurt. The issue is not that Thomas is angry and hurt. The issue is that he allows, I'm, I'm turning it a circle for you, here we go. The issue is that he allows his anger and hurt to turn into doubt and unbelief. Because Jesus didn't do what Thomas thought he should have done. Therefore, he says, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and unless I put my hand in his side I will not believe and Thomas is all wrapped up in his feelings and his feelings have produced unbelief and Jesus comes to him and says Thomas put your finger in here Thomas do this Thomas do that and do not be unbelieving but believe then he deals with those who watch this who believe he says let me tell you something blessed are those 
Stay with me. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. What is Jesus telling him? He is saying, Thomas, I have not called you to live by your feelings. I have called you to live by your faith. Thomas, you have to make up your mind right now. Which of you, which one are you going to allow to guide your life? Because both of these cannot exist as guiding factors in your life. You can't be led by your feelings and led by your faith. You got to pick, am I going to be led by faith or am I going to be led by feelings. And the Bible says the just shall live by It does not mean that feelings are not real. It does not mean that feelings do not exist. It does not mean that we don't go through tough times with our feelings. It means that feelings cannot guide your life, church. It means that as a child of God, you are not called to live by your feelings, but you are called to live by faith, Thomas. He says, Thomas, blessed are those who don't see, but still believe. Thomas gets it. Thomas gets it then. Thomas realizes, I'll never let my feelings guide me again. How do you know this? Because I've been to India on Thomas Mount. Why do they call it Thomas Mount? Because Thomas brought the gospel to India. And when they got, they got so sick of hearing him preach the gospel and preach faith, they led him up on a mountain, put a sword through his stomach and pushed him off the side of that mountain. And he died for Jesus on that mountain. But he had made up his mind, I'll never be led by feelings again. I'll walk by faith. This is a word for the body of Christ. Right now, it ain't that you don't have feelings. God said, this is not your guiding factor, man. This don't guide you. This don't lead you. And if it does, I promise you, listen out there, Facebook land, listen church, if feelings continue to guide you, and not your faith. They will guide you right into the place of bitterness, hurt, offense, and anger. And you will justify it by saying, you don't know how I feel. And Jesus looks at him in the midst of his feelings and rebukes him. Because you have no idea where your feelings are taking you, Thomas. Come on, stand up with me. Listen, church. This is a word for, I, I'm just not because I'm preaching it. Matter of fact, you go preach it tomorrow. Don't tell them I preached it. I'm good with it. This is a word for the body of Christ right now. Be led by faith. For the just shall live by faith. So I thank you so much for watching tonight. Listen, if you're away from God, you're away from God and you're, you, you, sin has separated you from the Lord, you need to come back into right standings with God. And the only way to do that is through repentance. Through repentance. Putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and admitting that you're a sinner and believing on the Lord and confessing Him to be Lord of your life. We love you. We bless you. And if you're doing that right now, we want to know about it. We want to pray for you. Just come across on the chat line and say, hey, 
please pray for me. And there's someone that will pray for you. There's someone that will minister to you. Thank you so much for watching tonight. Lift your hand. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.